Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Roger Lee. All right, thank you. It's good to be here. It really is family when I come. I I know so many of you over the years, and we so honor and love uh, Pastor Brian and Bren and what they've done and and just this atmosphere of worship that they've uh, created and cultivated. Um, I don't have a lot of time, and so I want to just dive right in uh, into this word. What I want to talk about is what we were singing about tonight. Um, I don't know if they have the notes thing. If you want notes, there's a, a QR code if you guys want it. It should come up. You can scan that. And I'm not going to cover all of it, but I want to give that to you because this is a big topic. I'm just going to scratch the surface tonight. But I want to talk about God's redemptive plan for the nations that includes both Israel and the Middle East. That includes Israel and the Gentile nations, specifically the Middle East. Um, And that's really where I want to go tonight. And so as we start... I love that this house has a foundation of the Abrahamic covenant and the promises over Israel. And that in Genesis 12, God made a promise to Abraham, the seed, the land, and the blessing. And through Abraham's seed, the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that's foundational to who Israel is and God's redemptive history and how it culminates in Isaiah 19 at the end of the age. And so in Genesis 12, God sets forth Israel, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the sons of Abraham, that seed that really is the determining line or the, or the, or the impetus in which God will save the nations. Now, in Galatians 3, verse 8, in Galatians 3, verse 8, so I'm jumping right in. In Galatians 3, verse 8, Paul gives understanding to what God was saying in Genesis 12. When God called Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees, Paul gives us understanding. Very important verse, Galatians 3, verse 8. It says, The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So in Genesis 12, when God was speaking to Abraham, He had the Gentiles in mind, and he had the nations in mind. That it's not either or, Israel or the nations. It's both and that he wants the salvation to go forth into all the nations, including Israel. And when he spoke by revelation and by promise in Genesis 12, he was talking about the bride, the inheritance of Revelation 1 and Revelation 5, which is from every tribe, tongue, and nation, the Messiah would have in his inheritance. But he would use Israel as the primary vehicle to carry the promise of God and the knowledge of God through the Old Covenant. Now, that's Genesis 12. And and so what we see here is what I want to focus on. I love the foundation of Israel in this house. It's so needed, and and I love it. What I want to look at tonight is a new lens to look at the sons of Ishmael, the sons of the Arabs, the sons of Ishmael. Because I was in Iraq in November, and the Lord began to speak to me about this. Now, I've been sending missionaries and teams for the last number of years. But when I got there finally, like, I knew my life was going to change. When I was in in there, I was like, my life is going to change. Our ministry is going to change. And and the Lord started bringing me to Genesis 16. And I want to spend a few minutes here in Genesis 16. 
Because in Genesis 16, you have Hagar, the, the mother of Ishmael, and Hagar was being, in a sense, persecuted by Sarah, and so she fled. And so she fled. And when she fled, we have this mindset, I believe, in the American church, in the Western church, about Ishmael and the Arabs that's really been tainted by our media, that's, that uh, the Arabs are no good, that don't create an Ishmael. It's ahead of God's timing. It's not in the will of God. It's not in the purpose of God. We need to have the promises of Isaac. And it's this idea when we look at the Muslims or the Arabs that there's, a, there's some sort of prejudice, fear, uh, just it's, our lens is tainted. And, uh, and I was like that as well. Lots of fear involved with it. But I want to say in, in Genesis 16, Hagar is running away from Abraham and Sarah. And if God wanted to leave Ishmael alone or to, or to cut him off, all he had to do was actually nothing. Because Hagar was running. Instead, God intervenes. That should tell us about the importance of Ishmael. God intervened by sending the angel of the Lord. And then he begins to speak to Hagar and make promises over Ishmael's life. More so, he tells Hagar to go back to Sarah and to Abraham's family because Ishmael's fulfillment of his promises are intertwined with Abraham's promises. Meaning in the future, the sons of Ishmael and the sons of Isaac, their promises and their fulfillment are intertwined and will come together at the end of the age. He puts the promise and the seed in Genesis 16. But what we're in our day, we're beginning to see the fulfillment of these promises right now. And so when we see this, my prayer, and, and really it's this, that a spirit of truth will come to us. That we would see the sons of Ishmael through the eyes of the Lord. That they're not a mistake. That it wasn't preemptive. That they're, that they're no good or they're evil. Instead, God has tremendous promises for the sons of Ishmael. So much so, you can see it on the notes here, they're very parallel actually with the promises given to Israel. They're very similar in their promises. It's just that the covenant went through Isaac, but the promises that he gave to Ishmael are actually to serve Isaac and the sons. And so I, don't want, I won't get into that, but if you look on your notes, it's, let her see, it's, it's Ishmael's promises, they're intertwined with Israel. They're absolutely intertwined. Because at the end of the age, Israel will come under great attack. There will be a great attack to Israel again. And I believe God in the last days is preparing the church in the Middle East that will pray, that will serve, and that will bring Israel to salvation. It's really the Romans 11. The Gentiles will make Israel jealous. Because when the Antichrist comes down to, and attacks Israel, it's, the, Jesus says it very clearly in many passages, but Luke 21, he says, go and flee, run, get out of Jerusalem, because the forces are coming. And when they're to flee, when you look at the map in God's wisdom, the Arab nations are surrounding Israel. And I believe God, the Arab nations, is the final frontier of the harvest, the final frontier of the gospel, that a great revival is going to encompass the Middle East. 
There's 1.9 billion Muslims right now. You know there's one missionary to every 450,000 Arabs. Think of that. One missionary to every 450,000 Arabs globally. Less than 1% of 1% of all uh, missionary funds, and that's just missionary funds, go to the Middle East. But God's going to change that in the last days because his strategy is when Israel's in their direst need and their greatest time, God is preparing an Arab bride that will love Israel, welcome her, protect her, and provoke her unto salvation and provoke her unto jealousy. And so this is God's purpose. And, and when you look at the 1040 window, it's mostly the Arab nations right now that are unreached, that do not have the gospel, or, or it's, uh, the church is very small. Now, if you look on page 2, letter E, the anointing on Ishmael, okay, it's actually in Genesis 16:11. Ishmael, Ishmael's name, it means God hears. It's interesting. Ishmael's name means God hears. And I believe that Ishmael's anointing is actually in the place of worship and prayer. But the enemy has hijacked them and subjected them under bondage so that they're worshiping a false god. And I mean, when you look at the Muslim world, five times a day, they stop what they're doing and they will pray. And when you look at the scriptures in, in Genesis 16 and Genesis 21, when Ishmael calls on the Lord, he comes. Over and over, when he calls on the name of the Lord, he comes. And I believe the anointing on the Arab nations, once they're redeemed and they're saved, is that they will be the Isaiah 62, verse 6 and 7, the watchman on the wall for the purposes of Israel. It's unto Israel's salvation that the anointing for worship and the access unto God, that God would hear them. And the greatest trials and difficulties is actually for the purpose of Israel's salvation. And, and, but the enemy has hijacked them. And so they've worshipped this false god that they don't understand. But God has a greater plan and the promises over Ishmael that they will come into the kingdom. They'll take their rightful place. They will serve the purposes of God. And they will serve the Jewish people and serve the sons of Ish Isaac. And they will give their lives, as a great martyrdom come, they will give their lives unto the salvation of Israel. And so when we look at this, the enemy has subverted and hijacked the anointing. But beloved, God will restore their identity and God will bring back, uh, bring their salvation. Now when we look at Isaiah 19, so I'm just going fast forwarding through this. Isaiah 19 is the fulfillment of the promises of Genesis 16 and Genesis 21 and Genesis 12 with Israel. Because in Isaiah 19, at the end of the age, God has said that he has this threefold promise in Isaiah 19. It's called the Isaiah 19 highway. And it's he will bring Egypt, he'll bring Assyria, ancient Assyria, and Israel together. Now, that, we don't really understand that because, you know, we're Americans. <laughs> we don't really know that. But when you look at the map, there's a map there. Egypt, ancient Assyria encompassed almost all of Iraq, Iran, Syria, Jordan. I mean, all, Turkey, those nations that are surrounding Israel. 
And by, and by the grace of God, what he's saying is there will be a unified people that will worship the Lord that will go from Egypt to Assyria and include Israel. Meaning there will be, he declares that the warfare has ended over these ancient nations. And not only that, there will be this highway in which they will come together. And this highway of holiness or highway of Isaiah 19 it is for the blessing and the salvation of the nations. Because when you look at the promise to Israel and the land that they're given by divine promise and mandate, you know they've only taken or occupied less than 10% of the, of the land that God's given them. In Genesis 15, there's clear boundaries, and it actually goes into Egypt and goes way north into Iraq. Meaning in the millennial reign, Israel is going to occupy all of that land as promised by God, and it really will be the headquarters and the center of Christ's activity through the nations. And so by divine mandate, that land has been promised to Israel. They just haven't occupied it yet or received it. But beloved, in the days to come, in the last days, he says, there will be this great highway from Egypt to Assyria, including Israel, it's unfathomable to the Jewish mind. They're ancient enemies from centuries ago. Unfathomable to the Arabs. They hate Israel. The Muslims hate Israel. But God will make this three-chord strand in the last days to show forth his power, to show forth the grace of God, and he will make one people, the one new man of Ephesians 2, that will really be the impetus for the salvation of the Matthew 28, the gospel into all the nations. And so he is bringing this highway of, of Isaiah 19 to fruition right now. Now, when we look, it says, I'll just, let's end with this verse here. You guys, you guys can read it. I'd, I'd really encourage you to read Isaiah 19. The first part of Isaiah 19 is actually judgment on Egypt. It's judgment on Egypt that's yet to come. And it's the last number of verses that talks about this great promise to Egypt. All the Egyptians know Isaiah 19. I mean, all of them know it. This is their bread and butter. This is what they pray. And here in Isaiah 19, verse 25, it says, The Lord of hosts has blessed, saying, Blessed is Egypt my people, and Assyria the work of my hands, and Israel my inheritance. And I think what's, what's uh, key here is it's the Lord of hosts meaning it's the Lord of the unseen armies, the one we are worshiping tonight. The Lord of hosts will have ultimate victory, and he will send, and he will have peace all through the Middle East. And Israel and Assyria and Egypt will be blessed together and be used together by the Lord. This is where we're going. This is the story of redemptive history in the Bible. It's in the generation that the Lord returns, meaning we're at the precipice of it that these things are beginning to happen uh, in the nations. Now, the reason I'm here is actually I want to share a little bit about our trip because I believe that the Lord wants to build a highway from Sarasota into the Middle East. He wants to build a highway from Sarasota into the Middle East and that what he wants us to do is he wants us to realign. When I was in, Israel, uh, when I was in Iraq, this is the, what I felt is we need to realign me. We need to see the sons of Ishmael again. We need to see them through the heart of God, the lens of God, that God's not done with them, 
that God has great promises over Ishmael for the sake of Israel's salvation. Right? And that we need to see them afresh because when we have, you know, when we believe the media or just our own prejudices, our own fears, we can't engage with the Arab people. We can't engage with the heart of God. And when we begin to ask the Lord, Lord, give us your eyes. Lord, give us your heart to see them again. Because I believe he wants us not just to see them rightly, that's the first step, but then to engage in the Middle East. To engage, the Middle East is the final frontier. And I believe that he wants us to, to pray, to go, to give, right? To really engage in the Middle East, especially into Iraq. Uh, uh, Iraq, Jordan, I mean, all those places, Saudi Arabia. And so I went in, like I said, I went in November, and it just, being there, it just changed my heart, changed my life. And I'm leaving again, as Pastor Brian said, in a week. And we're going to do a number of things, but there's a house of prayer there. And so we're going to, when ISIS came in, this house of prayer was about two years old. And it, I think it's one of the reasons that ISIS was pushed back. Uh, one of our brothers, the Lord spoke to him and said, if you do 100 hours straight, I will push ISIS back. And ISIS came within, a, within um, an hour away from the city. And so they did this 100 hours, and every October they do a 100-hour prayer meeting with people from all over the world. Uh, and then, and this time we're going for a 50-hour prayer meeting. When the, when the Syrian crisis happened, there were these houses of prayer that surrounded Syria and the different nations. Simultaneously, they did the 50 hours of worship and prayer, and the Lord broke in through Syria. Okay? And so... So we're going for that, but then we're also going an hour up north. We're going to visit a Yazidi uh, camp and then also a Samaritan's Purse refugee camp. So we're going to be going into there, and then we're also going to do through their NGO, which is their nonprofit, a governmental nonprofit, we're going to uh, do a feeding project, and we're going to do a gospel project through art. And uh, northern Iraq is Kurdish. It's really Kurdistan of Iraq. And then we're going to take, we're going to be there for 11 days, and then we're going to Turkey for three days as a scouting trip. We have some staff there, but the Lord is opening up Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Iraq, Pakistan right now. And I believe that it is time for us to engage. And what I say, mean by that is I want to invite you. We're, ha we're going to have multiple trips coming up here in the next years. I mean, I'm sure probably this summer and then this October. And uh, I want to invite you to come, all right? It's a, probably like a 10-day, two-week trip. I want to invite you to come because we want to create the infrastructure that you can go, that you can worship, declare, evangelize, feed, because we want to engage in what God's engaging in right now. Okay? And I believe that, uh, that this highway from Sarasota to the Middle East, right, it's part of our divine assignment for the city of David. For the city of David. It's part of our divine assignment, and God want, and so I want to invite you, one, to, to pray, right? Give towards it, but I want to invite you to go, right? And we'll have more information as trips come up, but that way, um, it's something else. When you go and you can see it, and you can engage in it, it will change your heart and change your life and change the scriptures, just like it did when you went to Israel. Um, and so, so I want to just invite you for that. So thank you, thank you, Brian's laughing. Come on, guys! Wow. Come on. 
I don't think I've ever seen Roger in the history that I've known him finish in 20 minutes. That was a miracle. More importantly is what he's imparting, the revelation of what he's imparting. This is, this is big. And it is an unfolding of the Father's heart now. And I'm thankful for you and Jennifer, obviously, just willing for the Lord to lay his heart upon your heart and to go and to be a pioneer, to intercede, to break open new territory. It's what a forerunner does. A forerunner goes forth, breaks open territory for others to come and fortify the kingdom and the gospel of the kingdom. And ultimately, that is what this is all about. Amen. So when we were talking on the phone, uh, first of all, you told me, you said, hey, our entire trip's paid for. We've got everything paid for, our flights, everything. So coming here, this would actually be on top, a mega blessing. Whatever we can give and so into their trip would really be resources that you can give to others, to the church there, to boots on the ground. Yeah, we'll, whatever money's coming in, we're bringing it all to Iraq right now. And so it's all for them. Absolutely. Isn't that good? Yeah. That's good. Let's do this. I'd like us all to stand. Uh, Mark, Kathy, I'd like you to come. Roger, let's go back up here. I'd like you to just stretch your hands <clears throat> towards Roger now. Victoria, I want you to come too. Of course, Mom is um, with kids tonight, and Brent would be on the platform with us. But I'd like everybody to just stretch your hands towards Roger. Hallelujah. Let's pray in the spirit. Let's pray in the spirit for the next couple minutes here. Come on, church. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. Corro doce de leda, brusce de lelela, la barri da riando, rorri de da, doce de lera da riando, coyasaya. Holy Spirit, we thank you how you set apostles apart for the work of the ministry. Lord, that you called them, you separated, you sanctified them unto a specific calling and a work, and you blew open the doors, Lord, and you sent them forth. Lord, tonight we lay our hands, and we lay our faith, and we lay our hearts, Lord, as faith works by love. Lord, tonight we send forth Roger and the team, Father, with your blessing, with angel armies, Father, angel armies to blow open entire regions with the gospel of the kingdom, Lord, that Muslim hearts will literally melt like wax at the love of the Father, at the love of the Father, that their heart will melt like wax and they will receive Yeshua. They will receive Jesus as Lord and King. Oh, God. Lord, let your power be on display that signs and wonders will follow the giving of the word and the testimony of Jesus Christ. That the word of the testimony, 
And the power and the authority of the name of Jesus will be released through Roger and this team. And it will literally shift hearts immediately into the kingdom. That they will understand the simplicity of the gospel. They will understand the power of the gospel and they will come to you, Lord. We say breakthrough, God, in northern Iraq. Breakthrough. Breakthrough, King of heaven. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, as we pray, as we pray, as we fast, as we cover the team as they go, and as we give and as we sow, Lord, we go with them and we bless them. Roger, in Jesus' name, I pray and speak that you walk in divine health. You walk in divine health in Jesus' name from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, that your body is in sync Everything is in alignment that you have so much clarity, so much clarity and authority of the word of the Lord that you minister out of the rest of the Lord and the kiss of God upon you and upon the team. And Lord, I thank you that your angels go with them as a wall of fire, as a wall of fire. Angel armies go with them, Lord. And Lord, you give them extraordinary favor extraordinary favor. Lord, even as they go into Turkey, Lord, as they begin to scout out, hallelujah, your watchmen begin to scout out. Father God, I pray that you speak so clearly, so clearly in that territory. And Lord, we speak for the expansion and the advancement of the kingdom of God in the Middle East, that they shall come unto the Lord our God. They shall come. They shall come to the Lord and declare Christ, Christ alone as King of kings and Lord of lords. Lord, bless your servant. Bless his family. Bless Jennifer, the Sarasota House of Prayer. Bless them. Lord, may 2022 be an extraordinary year of such expansion of vision and supernatural resources in the name of Jesus. And we will give you all the glory. Let's just shout the amen over Roger. Come on. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com or download the Victory FLA app.